This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. It's the Friday News Panel with Michelle McQuig and Joey DeGupta. One more topic to discuss with you. Eight Scotiabank branches across rural Newfoundland and Labrador are slated to close. Scotiabank confirmed branches in Deer Lake, Flowers Cove, Bonavista, Twillingate, Lewisport, Borgio, Grand Bank, and Whitbourne will close. The company says people in those communities will have to travel to other Scotiabank branches if they need in-person services. Bonavista Mayor John Norman says the town is trying to fight the decision. Uh, worth noting that Scotiabank is the only major bank in Bonavista. Been there for over a hundred years, the branch in Bonavista. There's only a couple of minutes left on the clock here, so I'm going to just sort of open this up a little bit because I want to make sure that either of you have the opportunity to uh, sound off on either alternatives or an accessibility angle. But, Joita, the core question that I have here is what should the obligation be for banks to keep branches in small towns, especially under the context of being such a federally regulated industry? That's right. I think there is definitely an obligation. Think about telecom companies that are required to serve uh, communities in rural areas with smaller populations for the privilege of being able to serve high density and high population areas. And the same is true for banks that wield enormous power and get a great deal of privileges from the government. So I don't think it's uh, entirely uh, too much to ask that they provide a minimum level of service to uh, to Canadians living in remote places. Now, one of the things that you could think about and you ask about alternatives is that if it is genuinely a question of cutting costs and trying to look at their bottom lines, we have five major banks in the country. Maybe they should all get together, divide up these smaller towns and provide services. Maybe you know you have BMO oh. in some places and you have Scotiabank in others. I mean, the fact that Scotiabank is closing its doors in so many places in Newfoundland is pretty ironic to me because that is where the bank got its start. But that's besides the point. So one option is to really think about maybe the five major banks getting together and dividing up uh, these smaller uh, rural communities so that we then mm. alleviate any competition and that if you don't have to cut costs because you're trying to compete with your with, with the other four banks, maybe everybody will get served by a bank. I have a number of other suggestions, but I do want to make a point that I think sometimes you get we romanticize uh, online banking. Okay, and we okay, think it's yep. the it's the be all and end all, and it's great for everyday banking. But you need a mortgage or a car loan. Uh, you you probably want to go in person Human, to do that. You need yeah, cash. Yeah, like there are withdrawal limits on ATMs. You can't just go and withdraw ten thousand dollars from an ATM. Uh, if you ever needed foreign currency, you got to go to a bank. If you ever needed to access a safety deposit box for your yes. gold jewelry or yes. home, yeah. or the deed for your yeah. home, so there are very important reasons why we actually still need a physical branch. To say nothing of the obvious reasons, which is you know people with disabilities and and seniors. My mother-in-law, I think, still has a bank book. Uh, so, you know, we know those those arguments, but 
the other thing that I'll say, and maybe this is like got to be got to be quick here, Joanne. I want to make sure Michelle has a couple minutes as well. Yeah. The one last thing I'll say is that I think the bank has been a major employer for people with disabilities. So the more banks cut back, the fewer opportunities there are for people with disabilities. Yeah, that's really well put. Yeah, I wanted to mm -hmm. make sure the accessibility yeah. angle was included here too, Michelle. And I, I've got a similar idea to Joita in regards to thinking about how major banks can continue a presence in small towns. I actually wonder about maybe like a hub building where where it's less of a footprint, but all the major banks can have a presence. Because really and truly, I, I'm not going to cry in my soup for the people at Scotiabank. The, of the major banks, they're having the toughest financial year of banks in Canada, but their profits will still be in the billions of dollars. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to cry in my soup too much here, but I do understand that it's a tough economic time. Things are changing a little bit. There's some turbulence. But I still at my core believe there has to be an obligation to make it at least somewhat accessible for people to get some sort of banking within a reasonable distance of their home. Absolutely. And I think there's, it's important, extra important to ask these questions in, in towns where you have one location and, and you know, mm -hmm. limiting those access. Maybe this is a time when the federal government would want to to consider some rules around those sorts of closures and, and providing that kind of access because Joey is quite right. This is a federally regulated industry and a tightly regulated one at that. So it would be interesting to see any kind of measures on that front. I love the idea of collaboration or cooperation among the institutions, but I would also flag that maybe it would be nice if that's going to be happening in rural areas to, I don't know, maybe waive the 3 or $4 withdrawal fees that come along with mm -hmm. that sometimes if you're using someone else's banking services. Right, right. Because um, mm -hmm. it, it, it does get really expensive if you're banking outside of your home institution. Uh, that comes with a lot of hurdles that I think would need to be reconsidered if you have any kind of collaborative approach. Um, but I'm glad Joita raised all the arguments around maintaining a physical banking presence. Um, and, and the accessibility angle really can't be overstated. Part of it, too, is that online banking is a great solution for those who get it and for those who can use it, but it's not appropriate to all learning styles. Um, some people don't have the, the tech required to, to navigate that kind of landscape. Physical options need to, to remain available. And uh, I, I think it's not a great look on Scotiabank when you have this happening in a, in a province that has been economically disadvantaged quite a lot over the years mm -hmm. as well. So it's, it's uh, yeah. not, not, not a wonderful look on Scotiabank. Yeah, it's it's one of these things where where it's the value of in-person service when you're talking about money. And all of these folks have probably paid their monthly banking fees that have gone up and up and up. And just because there might not be as strong an economic case, there is an ethical case to be made here. Mm -hmm. And for fear of opening up, opening up a can of worms that we've explored before with only about a minute left on the clock, it is a reminder there could be alternatives. Like people have mm -hmm. talked about post offices in Canada Post being a banking hub or maybe trying to yeah. find other financial institutions and other important frontline stores that won't go away. I'm thinking about like major pharmacies or grocers. And certainly some of those companies have already started developing their own financial companies. So so there, there are other options on the table here, but I still think the presence of the big five across the country, even in small towns, is really, really important. And I think we have consensus there. So that's a beautiful way to wrap up a, a busy one hour <laughs> of conversation. Michelle, have a lovely weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday morning. I'll send you an email on Sunday. Sounds good. Take care, Dave. And Joita, you have yourself a lovely weekend as well. Thank you. You too. That's Michelle McQuig, weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. And Joita Gupta is the host of The Pulse on AMI-audio. 
coming up after the break. A couple of interesting stories about safe consumption and safe supply of drugs in a couple of different regions across the country, including BC and Saskatchewan. That's coming your way in the regional news update. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. I'm Margaret Shepard of the AMI podcast, Tripping On Air. Every month, my co-host Alex Hajar and I spill the tea on what it's really like to live with MS. Watch Tripping On Air on YouTube or download wherever you get your pods.